So, um, with every new year, we have expectations. Now, let me be focused. We have expectations. There are themes. We look for prophetic words about the year. And we want to always step into a new year with a glimmer of hope and new expectations. Amen. But, um, sometimes we lose sight of constant realities that are in the gospel. For example, if we say this is the year of, uh, give me one thing guys like to say, year of restoration. The question then is, is God doing the work of restoration continually or he's focusing on 2024 only to restore your life? Or if we say 2024 is the year of salvation, was God saving in 2023 or is he only saving in 2024? Or if we say it's a year of expansion, is God expanding people in 2022 or is only doing it in 2024? Hallelujah. So sometimes it's a challenge for believers when they are navigating these things because it's always expected that this is the year of Zion. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Amen. So it's always expected that when it's a new year, the man of God is supposed to set a theme. And the theme that he sets is supposed to dictate the season. Hallelujah. It's a season of engagement. Maybe then you expect that particular season will, ha will have that particular theme happening. But the reality, beloved, is that when a theme is set, what happens to us is we only become sensitive to that particular theme. We become more sensitized. So if we say it's the year of restoration, we become more sensitized to the topic of restoration, but God nonetheless has been doing the work of restoration. All right? The constant nature of the scripture is always present with us. There was one of the hardest years, I used to say, one of the hardest years in my life was 2006. Life was hard. It's one of the things I used to say. So many years later, I saw a videotape. Uh, it was by a certain ministry. And that year was the year 2006. And they, they, their theme was the year of the greater light. See how positive that sounds. The year of the greater light. They are seeing the greater light. That there is greater revelation. That, is, that was their theme. But, praise the Lord, I was saying that year was the hardest year. There are people who are saying 2023. But some people, eh? depending on what Justina Siokau said to you, but some people, when they think of that year, it was one of their hardest years. Are we together? So, just because your experiences were a certain type of way, it doesn't mean that that was the determination of that particular season or year by God. It is not that God determined that that year was like that. For example, you can have one church saying the year of destroying the enemies. Another one is saying the year of destroying altars. 
I have uh, some ministries that I follow closely. One has the, it's the year of the builders. There's one ministry, the, the year of builders. Another ministry, the year of divine disruption. And these are all people I know and people I talk to. So then the question then is, which, which, which is it? Which is which? Which one is God saying? Hallelujah. Which is God saying? Is it disruption, divine disruption? Yeah, I like that one. DD, divine disruption. Or the year of builders, others is the year of? Do you know any, any theme, any church you know that maybe have a theme? Any other theme you guys know? Hamskengi wa ubiri wengine any other loyal? Kiswahili. Mtambiwa on 31st. <laughs> All right. So the question then is what really happens? The, what happens is years come with seasons. They come with seasons. They come with expectations. They come with certain things that have been closed and new things that have begun. For example, every banyu year there's a new season for our children because they are progressing in their academics, right? If your company is the kind of company that has a policy of always doing an increment by a certain percentage of salary, it means that when you're coming into a new year, your salary is increasing probably by 10%. There are companies that do that. I, I still think they do that, right? So you get an uh, <laughs> quit. So um, it always marks seasons. So a new year, there are changes that come with people, our lives. For example, people move houses at the end of the year. I've realized that quite a lot. So there are always new things that happen. But in those expectations, it is always important for us to be sensitized to what the Lord is saying, even specifically to us and to you as an individual. It's just that you are more awakened at that particular time because you feel like you're entering a new season. You're, you're more conscious. But you can also determine certain seasons of your life by yourself. It can be in the middle of the year and you can take a drastic turnaround of things in your life and it can seem like it's a new beginning for you. Alright? For example, last year, around July, that was in the middle of the year, I determined that I will never eat matumbo. I made up my mind and it marked a new season in my life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For example, the whole of last year, my wife never had a chance to eat mutura. Because the doctor had told her not to eat mutura. So the moment that she finished the required period, the doctor told her never eat mutura. She went and partook mutura and she almost died. Because the chili got stuck in her throat. So she was just coughing. <clears throat> Fanta, Fanta, Fanta. So you, you understand that seasons come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, um, this being said, hallelujah, I'm trying to get us to understand that even for us as Flick, as we begin this new year, everyone has uh, expectations. And whereas we might have a certain kind of sensitivity towards something, it doesn't mean 
that there are not specific things that God can speak to you personally on a personal level. If you're in a church, they can be, the church is saying the year of warfare. But that year, you're not fighting any wars. Hallelujah. So it's good for you to always understand that themes can sensitize you towards certain topics. But God is still working individually in your life. So when we set a theme as a ministry, we are sensitizing the church towards that particular subject. And thereby encouraging the believers within that congregation to act based on that theme. Because that's the direction that the ministry wants to go. Are we together? It's the direction that the ministry wants to go. So we can say, this is the year uh, of, for example, uh, progress. And we begin to teach you about progress. It's because we want the people in that church to experience progress. We want them to be involved in progress. Are we together? But in the same year where people are experiencing progress, as we're teaching people, we want you to experience progress, in your personal life, there could be things that are uniquely happening for you. Are we together? Some of those things might not look progressive, but God is actually doing something in your life. For example, we can say it's the year of progress. Are we together? So if it's the year of progress, you're expecting everything to move forward. But in that year, maybe you lose a job. So you become so angry and you wonder, is this progress not working in my life? But maybe even you losing that job, down the line, you will see God's divine workings in your life and you will be fulfilled. Are we together? So it's important for us to be uniquely sensitized to also the voice of the Lord in our individual lives, whereas we have the, the instruction from a point of ministry. Are we together? So I know that God will specifically minister to each and every one of you regarding expectations that you have. And I will share with you a few scriptures and I know that you'll be blessed. As I share with you what we would consider to be the emphasis of our ministry this year. Are we together? It's, it's, it's an emphasis that the Lord impresses in your heart and then scriptures come that affirm that. How does the Lord impress these things in our heart? Or for example, in my heart as the leader, he impresses it through confirmations. I speak with my wife, she says certain things and I begin to hear a confirmation, an affirmation of the things I've been maybe praying and has been impressed in my heart. I talk to somebody else and I hear the same things. I pray, probably I hear the impression. Maybe I turn on the TV, I watch something, I see the same thing. And sometimes it begins to be emphasized to you. Then you begin to think on it. So you have some clarity. Praise the Lord. Amen. So our focus today will be in the book of Luke. Chapter 2, verse 32, which is the poster that I shared, Luke 2.32. But before that, as I was reading the same passage, there are four main characters in that passage, or five if you would like. Jesus Christ, there is Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, there is Elizabeth, there is John the Baptist, there are more, more than five. There is Jesus, there is Mary, there is Joseph, there is Simeon, 
and there is also Anna. All right? All these different people are in chapter 1 and 2. Joseph, not so much. But all these other ones are in that particular passage. Luke 1 and 2. So before I reach to Luke chapter 2 verse 32, I started reading from Luke chapter 1. Okay? And there are specific things I got. And our focus will be Luke chapter 2 verse 32. And I will explain to you how it ties to our journey as a ministry and our personal lives. Amen. So, before you look at the document, in Luke chapter 1, there's a narrative, there's a long writing that starts by saying in Luke chapter 1 verse 1, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they deliver them unto us. Well, let me read it for you in NLT. That will make it easier. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also, now this is Luke, have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. All right? So Luke is saying, I am also writing this account, this letter I am writing. I am writing it as many others have also set forth to write the same accounts. Who is he referring to others? Matthew, Mark, John. All right? They also set out to write an account of their experience of the things that happened to them as they were with Jesus. Okay? So we know that he's writing an account of events that had taken place. So the book of Luke is being written after Jesus has risen. Are we together? He's giving an account of things that happened to them. All right? So as he's writing this letter, he talks about the account of how the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah. And the angel of the Lord spoke about the birth of John the Baptist, okay? And Zechariah did not believe and so he became dumb until the child was born. Now, Elizabeth conceived and I think down, hid herself for five months and then at some point went and uh, at some point the angel of the Lord now appears to Mary, speaks to Mary about the birth of Jesus and then now Mary goes and meets Elizabeth and when Mary meets Elizabeth, John the Baptist leaps in the womb and Elizabeth begins the child is filled with the Holy Ghost and Elizabeth begins to prophesy okay are we together I'm just giving you a summary of the events in Luke chapter 1 hallelujah flow with me now In Luke chapter 1 verse 45, and this is something that I want to share with you on a personal level. I'll start from verse 41. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth had the salutation of Mary, this is now when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in the womb for joy. And then she said, And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. This is a very significant statement because what she basically said is because you believed, you will see the things that the Lord spoke come to pass. Hallelujah. And it happened because she believed and she conceived and gave birth to Jesus. So she believed the Lord's report and she saw the things that were spoken being fulfilled. And in this narrative, I just want to use that scripture to first of all encourage each and everyone here. Blessed is you who has believed that which you have been told by the Lord. For you shall see the performance of those things. Hallelujah. Blessed are you who believe what has been spoken to you from the Lord because you shall see the performance of those things. I will repeat again. Blessed are you who believe what has been spoken by the Lord concerning you for you shall see the performance of those things. The thing that she believed was something that had never happened in the face of humanity. That a child is conceived without the natural way. The thing that she believed was something that had never happened before. There was no reference point. Praise the Lord. There was no reference point. There was nobody who had ever conceived a child of the Holy Ghost. But she believed the Lord's report. Hallelujah. She believed the Lord's report. Similarly, I want to tell you that you are blessed and you will see the performance of those things which the Lord has spoken. It doesn't have to be that you have to look at another example or anything. But because the Lord has spoken to you personally, you can have confidence that you will see the fulfillment of those things in your personal life. The expectations that you may have had or you still have, continue believing for you shall see the performance of those things. Remember, in the same chapter, the angel of the Lord appeared to two different people, to Zechariah and told him about the birth of John the Baptist. And Zechariah asked, how shall this be? And it was registered as doubt. Mary asked, how shall this be? And it was registered as faith. I don't know if you've ever understood that in that statement. Similar responses, but the attitude was different. One was doubt, how shall this be? And another one was like, maybe how will it happen? How will this happen? Like, how will it happen? And he was told the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and everything. So, she's blessed because she believed. She believed the Lord's report. And I just want to emphasize that to you, that despite the circumstances, despite the situations, despite the seasons or the experiences, if the Lord has spoken his word concerning you, 
believe that it shall come to pass because there will be a performance of those things in your life amen there will be a performance of those things in your life it will come to pass what you have is the word which you hold on to hallelujah you have the word so you have to hold on to that word you have to hold on to that word the affirmations that the lord has spoken concerning you believe that word don't look at the seasons and the changing times or the the period and then you begin to consider yourself as having failed remember zechariah was past age past the age of giving children and yet the lord made it happen the lord made it a possibility hallelujah praise the lord praise the lord so god is faithful in his word amen so i just wanted you to take note of that particular verse luke chapter 1 verse 45 and keep it as a promise to encourage you this year if you're reading the king james it says that you are blessed for there shall be a performance of those things which has been spoken of the lord amen so now the story continues and now we come into the book of luke chapter 2 and the accounts in luke chapter 2 have the birth of jesus and how there was a prophet who the lord had spoken to him that he will not die until he sees the manifestation of jesus his name was zachariah and when he saw this child jesus he now was ready to to leave he was ready to depart and in luke chapter 2 um no no not now sorry his name is simeon not zechariah um the word of god says and behold verse 25 there was a man in jerusalem whose name was simeon and the man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of israel the consolation of israel israel was suffering and they needed consolation consolation is comfort so christ is the comforter of israel hallelujah and the holy ghost was upon him and it was revealed unto him by the holy ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the lord's christ and he came by the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child jesus to do for him after the custom of the law then took he up in his arms and blessed god and said Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Listen to that statement. He says, For my eyes have seen thy salvation. Zechariah, uh, Simeon saw Jesus as a baby, a little baby, and he said, My eyes have seen your salvation. He saw the baby. He had not seen this baby mature. He had not seen this baby being weaned off milk, for example. He had not seen this baby crawl. He had not seen anything that this baby could do. But he said, my eyes have seen thy salvation. Because he believed the Lord's report without seeing every single detail of how it will happen. But he believed. And he said, my eyes have seen your salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles. And that scripture struck me in a very powerful way 
as I also listened to another teacher of the word explain it, I like to lighten the Gentiles. And I feel like, I felt impressed in my heart that that will be our key verse this year. A light to lighten the Gentiles. Maybe you can repeat after me. A light to lighten the Gentiles. A light to lighten the Gentiles. Amen. A light to lighten the Gentiles. Now, let me ask you. Don't look at the notes. But when you hear a light to lighten the Gentiles, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Evangelism. Mm-hmm. Spreading the gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Now that word lighten, if you look in your notes, is a word that I've used here before. It's the word apocalypsis, where we get the word apocalypse. How many of you have watched that movie, The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse? What does apocalypse mean? When you hear reveal. But in the movie, they use the word apocalypse to show the revelation, the end times. Because the book of Revelation speaks about the end times, okay? So the word lighten there is the word apocalypse, which means to reveal. So, in other words, the scripture says that Jesus is a light that, that lightens is the word apocalypse, which you said is reveal. So a light that, that does what? A light that reveals the Gentiles. You see, there's a difference meaning in that. A light that reveals the Gentiles. Praise the Lord. Jesus is a light that reveals the Gentiles. And the glory of the people Israel. A light that reveals the Gentiles. So the word apocalypse is the word laying bare. Laying bare or making naked. If something is covered, you lay it bare. That means you reveal it. All right? Are we together? So we can say this stage is covered, right? We can't see what's behind this curtain. But if I was to pull this curtain, I would reveal these two. Are we together? So that's the essence of apocalypse. Are we together? So in this particular case, what is hidden that needs the light to come in? What is hidden? The stool. So when we say that Jesus is a light that reveals the Gentiles, what is hidden? What is hidden? What did you say? God, may the Lord help you. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> you said Gentiles yes so it is the Gentiles that are hidden now Gentiles mean the nations of the world people who are not Jews people who are not with God people who never had God the nations of the world are we together is it too complicated level 4 what a good news Bible. All right, so um, it's very simple. I, I, a light that lightens, a light that reveals the Gentiles. 
So who is hidden here? The Gentile. Are we together? The Gentile is hidden. Are we together? That means you are a Gentile. Hallelujah. My wife used to tell me at the lawyers are the Jews of Kenya. I told her never. Hmm? Never. Hmm? All right. All right. That's close. That's close. That's close. That's close. Mm -hmm. Are we together? So it is the nations of the world. It is the Gentiles, the non-Jews, people like you, like me, whether you're Kikuyu, Luya, Meru, South Sudan, whatever. You're a Gentile, okay? That word Gentile also has the meaning of nations. So these Gentiles are hidden and there's this light that reveals the Gentile. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Zamar, praise the Lord. So, the word lighten is the word apocalypsis. It means laying bare, making naked, a disclosure of truth or instruction concerning things before unknown, used of events by which things or state of persons hitherto withdrawn from view are made visible to all. Kisongo mingi, but you understand what it means, huh? Manifestation or appearance. Disclosure, appearing, coming, light and manifestation be revealed. Revelation. That word lighten is an uncovering. Properly a laying bare, make it naked. And then in it's a disclosure of truth, instruction concerning divine things before unknown, especially those relating to the Christian salvation given to the soul by God himself or by the ascended Christ, especially through the operation of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, let us think. If Jesus is a light that lightens the Gentiles, if Jesus is a light that lightens the Gentiles, it means the Gentiles were hidden and Jesus is the light that reveals them. Question. What does that mean? you what does that mean let's think literally when the Bible says that Jesus was a light that reveals the Gentiles were the Gentiles invisible people in those days were they were they like ghosts that nobody could see them were they physical people that could be seen were they people that you would come across on the street if a man was a Gentile, for example, there were the, which tribes were there in the Bible? Which ones? Amalekites, Philistines, which ones? Huh? Midianites. Those were just like the night, eh? Just nightlife, eh? Nights, 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 eh? Yeah. All those different tribes. Were they people who existed when Jesus came? Were there people who existed like the centurion who was a Roman? So they were there, Right? So when he says a light that reveals the Gentiles, what does that really mean? What does that really mean? Based on the things I've told you that apocalypsis means to un unravel something that is hidden and everything. What does that mean when the Bible says that Jesus is a light that lightens the Gentiles? What does that mean? It reveals 
who they really are in Christ. Amen. It reveals who they really are in Christ. It means that there was God's intent for Gentiles, people like us who were never in Christ. But that intent of God was never seen. It was not possible to tell the worth or the value of your life. It was impossible. It, it was not possible for us to see the significance, the wonderful purpose, the beauty, the depth of all that God has concerning you. In other words, you were just seen as a mere man. But Jesus is the light that lightens the Gentile. It means Jesus is the light that reveals things about you that before could not be seen. Are you getting it? Franka, ina come. Slowly. You look so confused, huh? Inakuja. It means that there were certain things about your life that could not be seen. But the appearance of Jesus reveals certain things about your life. Hallelujah. The light that lightens the Gentile, the light that uncovers the Gentile, the light that reveals that the Gentile is hidden, like that stool. You cannot be seen. But it's not literal because we could see physical Gentiles. It means there were things about your life that could not be seen. But the appearance of Jesus has now come to make those things about you manifest. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Are we together? Because the word lighten is the word apocalypsis. I've told you it's an uncovering. So there's an uncovering of your hidden identity in God. Now, so I, I'm, I'm really going slowly and I want you to, to, to take hold of that word. A light that lightens the Gentiles. It means that Jesus has come to reveal things about you that otherwise could not be seen. Are we together? Because it's the word apocalypsis. So Jesus has come to expose things about your life. At the coming of Jesus, there are things about you that otherwise we could have never known. But now they are revealed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's laying it bare. He's disclosing things concerning you. He is revealing them. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, But as it, as it is written, I has not seen, no ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his, for the spirit such as all things, even the deep things of. Then it continues and says, for what man knoweth the, uh, the things of a man, save the spirit of a man that is in him. Are we together? So it means, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But the Spirit of God comes and makes them manifest. Are we together? 
Are we together? Let me simplify it. Father, if I look at you, if I look at you, I can just see Zawadi. I see Paul. I see John. I see Nelly. With the eyes of the flesh. Sometimes that's all I can see about you and I can make a conclusion about you. You are this kind of height. Maybe you look this way, this and this and this. And a little bit about that. And that's all that I can ever tell about your life. Praise the Lord. So it means that there are things that have not, the eye has not seen. So with the eyes, there are things I cannot see about your life. With the ears, there are certain things I cannot hear about you. And there are certain things that I cannot enter into my heart. The things which God has prepared concerning you. But it takes the spirit. It takes the spirit for those things to be revealed. Are we together? Are we together? It takes the spirit for those things to be revealed. It takes the spirit for those things to be revealed. It takes the spirit for those things to be revealed. Now, if you open your Bible, just take a small detour. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, he says, Therefore, wherefore henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yeah, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Let me put it in NLT. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, he says, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. What is a human point of view? What I can see, what I could have heard. That's a human point of view. Are we together? A human point of view. He says, at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we now know him. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it means that the light that reveals the Gentiles is the work that Christ has come to do in the life of a believer or, or, or a man or a woman who was a Gentile who never knew God and otherwise could just be seen as a mere man. As a mere man. And that's how I would know you and that's how I would make an estimation about your life. But with the eyes of the Spirit, we no longer know you from a human point of view. So Jesus is the light that lightens the Gentile. He is the light that reveals the Gentile, that uncovers the Gentile, that begins to show things concerning your life that otherwise might never be known to the naked eye or the ear or the human point of view. Praise the Lord. It means there are things concerning your life that takes the Spirit of God to reveal. Hallelujah. 
It takes the Spirit of God to reveal. Just like Mary, who received a word and said, because she believed she's blessed and there shall be a performance of those things. There are things if I was to tell you right now about your life, you would not believe me. Praise the Lord. You would not believe it. You would not believe it. Because every aspect of your life does not see a possibility of how will these things be, just like Mary. But she believed. Zechariah was asking how. It takes the eyes of the Spirit. So that means if right now, by the Spirit of God, I was to tell you, Paul, maybe the Lord is telling me certain things about your life. He's telling me that you're going to have, a, for example, a multi-million company in Silicon Valley and you're going to be funding so many startups and also you're going to be a blessing to the kingdom of God and everything and everything. You look at me and you'll be like, I've never thought of going to Silicon Valley. What do you mean? Because that's how big that dream can look like. Imagine you being a virgin in a local village and someone comes and tells you the guy you're going to give birth to is going to save the entire world. Even an MP, you might doubt. My son will be an MP. You might be wondering, or, or a senator. It, it might be too big. And somebody's telling you the entire world is going, to be a, is going to be blessed because of what you're carrying in your womb. You would not believe it. You would not believe it. It will almost be impossible. Time and time again, when the Lord speaks to his people, you will see them in the Bible. Gideon was the, belonging to the least tribe in Israel and he was, their family was the least among that tribe. So that guy was at the bottom of the bottom. And when the angel of the Lord appeared and said, Oh, ye mighty man of valor, he turned and said, hey, Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Because maybe the name that he used to be called in that village was not a good name. So now the Lord is the light that lightens the Gentiles. It means that the Lord is the one that reveals things concerning your life that otherwise could never be seen. You could have been just a mere man. And maybe everywhere you've gone, you've just been a mere man. You think that your life is just built on sitting on a chair in church, just as a regular person. But yet what the Lord has put and bestowed in you is greater. Is greater than the path you think. Maybe your life has been just orchestrated that I have been born and now I am in my 30s. The plan is to make sure I make enough money. And I build my house and I retire. Maybe that's the biggest thing you've ever thought. When you listen to um, Kenneth Hagin, there's a time he said he was planted somewhere in a church and they began to do ministry in that church and the church grew, I don't know how many thousands of members. And then the Lord told him, enough, leave. I thought I had arrived. I thought this is the dream. I thought this is the thing. A church with a thousand members or plus a, a number of thousands, that's a mega church. Palem Shara pastor in Atosha. Hallelujah. That's life. It's good. Then the Lord tells you, leave it. Move on. There's something bigger. Imagine he would have, if he would have been disobedient. If he would have been disobedient, praise the Lord. Let me tell you the impact of if Kenneth Hagin had been disobedient. Can I tell you? If Kenneth Hagin had disobeyed God and decided to remain in that local church, you would have never known Benny Hinn. You would have never known Joseph Prince. 
you would have never known Christ Embassy or Pastor Chris or Yakilome, that big ministry. You would have never known Abel Damina. You would have never known someone like Chris Onayinka. This grace message, you see this grace message that we love to preach, this one that is setting you free, this message that has set you free, you would have never known it if Kenneth Hagin decided to remain there. All these ministers, if you listen to them, they say it was Kenneth Hagin that brought me to the understanding of the gospel. So one man and there are generations of beneficiaries. Now these children of ours are learning the grace of God. They're not learning God from a point of legalism. It is because of the obedience of somebody years ago who decided to obey the voice of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. He decided to obey. So if God has come to reveal the things that are in your life, when it is spoken concerning you, you might not think it is a possibility. Are you crazy? What are you saying? You know, when I keep saying these things, sometimes I tell Franca, you know, your voice, your songs are going to be listened to across this continent. You will not believe it, right? You'd be like, really? Hmm, maybe. Maybe sometimes you, you're like, okay. I tell Mike, Mike, I was today we were listening to a song and I told Mike, Mike, I think you can sing songs like this. And he was like, mm-hmm, yeah, thanks, man. You know, yes, you hear it. But imagine when Sinach was in Compass. And then Pastor Chris told Sinach to stand and sing in front of a crusade. Do you know how many people in that crusade? Three million. This girl was in campus. Who would have thought that that campus girl who was in the choir would have songs that are listened to across the globe? Nobody would have thought so, right? Because you can never sometimes see it. When you see someone, I, sh- I shared with you guys a video of Pastor Joseph Prince when he was receiving a prophecy. How many of you saw that video? When he was a young boy and there's a, there's a man of God who was preaching and he said, a young man stand up and he started giving him a word. How many of you saw that word? Who, do you, that guy, the way he looked, he looked like a CU guy who was broke, right? In that video. Do you believe that they would have had a company that would have bought or built a mall sick over $600 million without any debt or financing? Because their company, Rock Productions, is one that has built that particular mall. Where their church meets, they own the whole entire mall. One of the best malls in Singapore. The church owns it. And they did it with over 600 million. If you had looked at that man, if you had looked at him, I don't believe anyone would have believed that guy. That this is the guy who's going to do such great feats across the world. Nobody would have believed it. I don't know what kind of limitations we have placed in our mind concerning the things that God will do through us. I don't know what kind of limitations that you have placed in your life. But Jesus is the light that reveals the Gentiles. It means that there are things that are hidden about your life that Christ now begins to bring them out. There are nations that need to be impacted by your life. But if we look at you from a human point of view, we think you are the carpenter's son. We think you're just another guy from Galilee. 
Because some people saw Christ that way. And they thought, isn't this the son of Joseph the carpenter? Hallelujah. But now, the disciples, after walking with Jesus, they said, we no longer know him from a human point of view. Beloved, I'd like to say this. I'd like to say this. God has great things in store for each and every one of you. Hallelujah. There is so much about your life that God desires to reveal. And it is my prayer that this year we will begin to see the unfolding of those amazing things that God has deposited in your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's a, there's a young man I was mentoring. He had a very difficult story. I went to Dagoretti High School to preach. And when I went to Dagoretti High School to preach, those kids, some years later came to Papa Center Church. And when they came to Papa Center Church, they showed me the notes that I had preached to them in high school. I laughed. And then one of those kids, his name was Mike. For those who went to Papa Center, if you can remember Mike Moo here. The young kid with an afro. I, I, I used to work with that kid. The mother was unwell. They didn't have a home. He had a very difficulty. He was used to be abused. Even the relatives sometimes. She had an auntie who would even just come and attack him and bite off some of his hair, pull it off. He, he was just in a difficult place. And I remember he used to stay with me and I used to encourage him, Mike, God is going to do great things in your life. Mike, God is going to do great things in your life. There was no glimmer of hope. And I remember when I used to stay with him and I used to encourage him and everything. Then one day, his father, who had never, he had abandoned him when he was a little boy, comes from the States to look for him. Comes, organizes the document, says, I want you to, to come to the U.S. Goes to the U.S., gives him a place to stay, starts working. He goes to the U.S. Navy, he's taken in. He, he's, read, he's enlisted in the military. And then he starts working for different companies in the United States and everything. And all of a sudden, his life has taken up. He sends me videos hey, Pasi, yeah, I bought a new house I bought uh, these new cars everything. The other day he got married and then one day I'm online I see a video you know how many of you know this guy he's called uh, there are these prophets who are twins a Romeo or something I don't know this there's some po what are they called? Huh? these prophets who are twins huh? Tommy, Arayomi, Arayomi, something. I see a video. That prophet is on the stage. And he has called Mike and his wife. And he's prophesying about a global ministry over their life. In the U.S. in a church somewhere, he has called them forward. And he's prophesying over them. I see this kid. This is the kid who was living here in Dogoto. Suffering. And he's receiving a prophecy. And it's an, it was like a, a, a church, a big church. And he's been called out and they're prophesying over his life. When we were here in South B and I was telling him those things, probably he couldn't have believed me. Why? Maybe because this is just my passy, we are here. But now he's receiving the same words of affirmation from a man who he doesn't know, an international prophet and he's prophesying. A man who's known over the world and he's prophesying over his life. 
the things that God has placed inside of you I believe are great things and I never want us to think at any moment that our way of life is just orchestrated in such a way that from here from where you stay you will build in Siokimau then you will go to the village and have a kashamba ama you go to Mua Hills where else do you guys go just go and buy land and say that's where I'm going to live my life I'm going to build like a plot and live that is not all that God has called you for amen that is not all that God has called you for the limits to we, the, the the boundaries and the expanse to which God can use you are so great and that is why he's the light that reveals the gentiles that means there are things in your life when God begins to reveal them about you about your ministry then it is those things that shall begin to draw men to Christ because they shall begin to see the depths and the deposits of what God has placed inside of you and as those things are coming out many shall see and the bible says that nations shall come to your rising they will come as the lord begins to reveal those things hallelujah those things are inside of you the the seat fillers like these seats if we need people to fill these seats it is inside of you it is the words in which you speak it is your life that will begin to cause this man to draw to christ and they will come and they will fill this place it is the things that god has put inside of you that will begin to be manifest and people will begin to celebrate the goodness of god people will say through your life my have been transformed i have changed my life has been transformed in a great way because god has put those things in you so jesus came to reveal what through the naked eye could not be seen i may see a glimpse of it by the spirit but i may not know the extent of what God has put inside of you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, we might look like we are a very small team or the messages we preach are very small. But yesterday I got a call from a pastor and he was telling me, you know, we are going to have a meeting for Grace Alliance preachers who preach grace. We are building something called the Grace Alliance network and I want you to come for that particular fellowship. And this uh, and one of the guys who wrote to me is a bishop and he's telling me he wants to come. Then do you know what they tell me? Our patron is Bishop Adoyo. He has received the message of grace. Now Bishop Adoyo was the first Kenyan bishop of Sitam. And now he has embraced grace after how many years? You had Bishop uh, the Bishop of Nairobi Chapel, what is his name? Oscar Murillo when he now finally came and shared about how he finished ministry and he retired and he was in depression and now he has come to learn that everything has to be done by grace after running the race and everything you see when people who are pillars in the faith beginning to embrace it is indeed the finished works of Jesus Christ that make a difference in people's lives hallelujah so what has god really put inside of you because i can act or i can treat you like any other random person if i do not see with the eyes of the spirit i can say you're just some casual guys who come to church yeah it's cool we're doing it everything but what has god really put inside of you what if the ministry that god has put in kiminga's life maybe he will have a 10000 seater church and i will be faithful with my 200 here but that's what god has put inside of him you understand what if the lord is going to send you to the nations 
to the nations in diverse ways, either through your profession, through your career, through different ways the Lord is going to send you to the nations. And I will continue here in Flick. It all matters with what Christ reveals through your life. Hallelujah. I just wanted to remind you that there are things that are in your life that God has placed them. And it is not of any advantage to yourself if you keep postponing these things. Do you know how we postpone these things? We are, easy, we are, we are, we are moving from year to year with unforgiveness, with bitterness, with unresolved issues. We are trying to fix our parents. Oh, they did this to me in 1947. I still haven't forgiven them. You are still stuck up with those things that you are trying to resolve and you still haven't chosen to let them go. Yet there is so much that God has deposited in us that he would love to see being made manifest in our lives. Sometimes we, 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 we are stuck with unforgiveness, with bitterness, the things or the offenses that have come our way or things that we never really allow ourselves to easily be used of God and to flow freely into the things which God has placed inside of us. Sometimes there are things we do that are not beneficial but we are still stuck up in those ways. Yet we are still holding back to all the things that God would like to reveal through us. My prayer is that this year, those things will not be a hindrance to us so that the things that God has put as a deposit in our lives will be made manifest. Beloved, there is so much that God has put inside of you and it takes the Spirit of God to reveal them. So as you commit yourself to the Spirit, as you commit yourself to a time of prayer, to a time of seeking the Lord, may the good Lord begin to reveal those amazing things that are in your life. I remember as I was praying, I just felt in my heart at one point that sometimes people have not benefited from my life because of the things that I have allowed to distract me. You know that? The things that we have allowed to distract us. When we were supposed to be invested in prayer. Why? Because the Lord wanted us to pray so we can be sensitized. Because there was somebody who needed to hear a certain word. But we were so caught up in that. They could never benefit from what God has put inside of us. Because we were not sensitized. God desires to reveal those wonderful things through your life. I believe there are amazing things. And amazing deposits in your life. And we are just seeing the surface. I didn't... We didn't think Kimingo was going to be a preacher or a teacher of the word. I mean, the first, first days in July, I don't think you, you thought you would be a preacher of the word, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's so many things we didn't know. But for some reason, God has a way of trying to put you in a certain spot. As a matter of fact, even when Zule came to Flick, Zule was not the person that we knew. She was brought with people. But all those people that brought her are not there. But her, she's stuck with the message and she was the fiercest critic but you see it is the Lord who wanted her to understand that grace alright because the Lord knows what he has in store for her it might not look like it's happening right now but God knows God knows what he has in store for you God has allowed you to hear this grace for some reason it might not be known to the preacher who is just preaching, but to you, God knows. To you, God knows. God knows why he has allowed you to hear these things. God knows why he has pushed us to obey his instruction because of the things that have, he desires to put inside of you. Why? Because I'd like us to open our minds and think. 
Five years from now, maybe you will not be in scripture mission. Or five years from now, maybe you will not be in this nation. Maybe you will be in Switzerland, somewhere. But there's a reason why God wants you to understand these things because of the plans that he has for you. Your life is not limited. You know, sometimes you talk to people. I was talking to a young man who was telling me, hey, man, I'm old. I'm 24. I just laughed. I told him, 24? I mean, because he feels like, man, things are not working out and everything. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just flow with the Lord and allow him to do his wonderful work. So this year, my prayer is that the light, which is the salvation that we have come into, Christ, may he begin to reveal the things that are hidden in your life. Maybe there's a pastoral calling. And you know, sometimes when you tell people, people these things, they get offended because they always feel like anyone has a matubu to the ministry. There's a pastoral calling. There's an evangelistic calling in your life. There are all these things in your life. People are like, okay. Like God is not revealing to, in me something bigger like being a multi-millionaire because money, 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 money and everything. No, no, no. You can be all those things all together because God knows the level to which he can take you. Hallelujah. God knows the level to which he can take you. There's a pastor I know. He was giving his testimony. That guy closed the church in Nairobi because he got so broke he went to, to live in Matu. And he was so broke in Matu, they couldn't even afford like a hundred bob to eat. And they struggled for a number of years. And then one day he got a phone and told his wife, let me just start preaching the gospel again, let me put it online. And he put the message online and he began to preach the gospel. Hallelujah, praise God, he's preaching everything, everything. You know those videos people just see. For some reason, somebody got touched by his message. And just asked him, uh, what are your account details? And then he gave his account details and the guy forgot. The next few days, the guy was called by the bank. Because they thought he was doing money laundering. Because he said when they showed him the bank account, he collapsed, first of all. He fell from the chair. They had to, are you okay? Because he saw, he saw money. Somebody, and that guy right now has built his own church in some of the most expensive places in this city. A whole entire ministry. They have a TV station and everything. A young guy. He's not a very old preacher. He might not be so popular. But that guy... When he was in Matu, who would have thought that God is going to use him the mightily? Now, he's even called in conferences in Nigeria. You know, Sisinotumezoyaku bring Nigerians here. That's a Kenyan who goes to preach in conferences in Nigeria. Beloved, because God has great things in store, I believe the blessing that we can never experience as ministers is seeing people flourish in the things that God has called them. This is a ministry where we desire to see those things blossom out of you. And you just become who God has called you to be. Living out your life in its full potential and full joy. Not being held back. There are so many things that can hold you back. And how long will you keep postponing just to really releasing yourself fully in God? So you can experience the beautiful things that God has in store for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The light that reveals the Gentiles. May everything that is inside of you be made manifest to bring glory and honor to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. May everything that God has put inside of you as a great deposit, may it be revealed so it can refresh so many lives and people who are in need. May it be made manifest so you can 
begin to bring amazing transformation in this world because God has called you not just for a small thing but I believe for great things in Jesus name amen amen hallelujah why don't we just rise on our feet at this particular moment I pray that we will not limit God based on the challenges that we're experiencing I pray that we would not limit God based on all the experiences that we can relate to for when God spoke to Mary there was no template or example of how those things will be fulfilled when the Lord spoke to Zachariah there was impossibility all round but yet the Lord fulfilled his great purpose there was a performance of the things that were spoken how I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be a performance of all the prophetic words all the utterances that have been made over your life that you will see progress you will see those things that have been vested inside of you being made manifest to be a refreshing and a blessing to so many people father we thank you for the wonderful deposits of your goodness in the lives of your people may you reveal them in Christ Jesus and may we celebrate as we see the vastness of your callings and wisdom in people's lives so that Lord as you use everyone mightily all glory and praise will come to you because we will say the Lord is indeed faithful and he does not consult with man to do his bidding in his people's lives so we thank you precious Lord for the wonderful and great deposits in the lives of your people may we see them unfold so that they can be a blessing to many so that many can come to know the Lord so that many can come to know Christ how we praise you father how we thank you because of how faithful you are we thank you precious Lord in Jesus name
Father, we thank you for indeed you give the healing and grace that our hearts hungered for and how blessed we are to know you, Christ. For you are the light that lightens the Gentiles. Father, for all the wonderful things that are deposited in the lives of people, I pray that in this year we will see the manifestation of all these wonderful treasures deposited in the lives of your people. Father, there is so much in every man, in every woman. Therefore, we know no man after the flesh or from a human point of view, even though once they knew Jesus that way. For we are thus persuaded that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And all things are of God who has made us ministers of reconciliation. I pray that, Father, as you begin to unravel all the wonderful deposits, the gifts, the wisdom, the graces that are operational in the lives of your people, that so many shall come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus through our lives. Father, if it is in the workplace, in family, in the church, in society, let those wonderful things be made manifest so that they can draw men to know Christ Jesus. Father, there is a hurting world in pain and they need to see the grace of God manifest. I pray that this year we will indeed manifest the grace of God in a dying world so they can know the goodness that is in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that we will not be self-centered or selfish, but we will be willing to share the good news of the grace of God so that many will embrace it and enjoy the beauty that's in Christ. Father, I commit the week ahead to you. I pray that it will be a week of great manifestation, that all the wonderful deposits that you have placed in our lives will begin to unravel, bringing glory and praise to your name. I thank you for our businesses. I thank you for our professions, our careers, that in all these things, your goodness will be seen. Father, we bless you. We thank you. We pray for those who couldn't make it that they will make it, Lord, so that we can continue to grow as one body, bringing glory and praise to your name. How we thank you and how we bless you. For it is in your holy and precious name we have prayed and believed. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Celebrate the Lord.